The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. Aaron, week 12 is here, and it's not the best week for action on the field, but you and I will get everybody caught up to date on what's going on around the world of college football. And then, of course, we will preview what to expect this weekend when you're watching football this weekend be sure to follow us on social media we are at punt and pass on twitter and instagram aaron is at aaron murray 11 and i am at drew butler 13 the davy o'brien award the quarterback of the year they announced their list of semifinalists this past weekend the ray guy award announces their list of semifinalists today we will talk about that and we will give you the best quarterback of the week from week 11 and the best punter of the week from week 11 as well and as i've been telling you the past couple episodes aaron i know you've got yours go to imperialsports.com and check out the punt and pass merchandise page they just updated it they got a bunch of new fall and winter styles on there so you can get some gifts for people or get something for yourself and look really really good in the meantime aaron let's talk about some some storylines across college football. Right now, there's really not too much going on. The college football playoff rankings came out on Tuesday. It was the exact same top six as the week before. There's only one really good, interesting game that has playoff implications this week. That, of course, is number 12 Syracuse playing number three Notre Dame in Yankee Stadium. But let's just talk about what teams are trending up right now and maybe some teams that are trending down Give me your first initial thoughts on that. Well, you wouldn't expect much to happen, I don't think. And, and, and what we saw last night from the committee with the top 10 not changing much, it's it's kind of interesting to me where Oklahoma is yeah. still at six. I think that's a team that, in my mind, is trending down. Obviously, Kyler Murray, offense is super exciting, but the defense is atrocious. I mean, it is awful, awful, awful. It doesn't exist. It's, it's When you play that team – you know you're going to score 40-plus points. Washington State, in my mind, though, has played really good football. Okay. Offensively, they're playing well. Defensively, I think they're playing better defensively than Oklahoma's playing. So it's interesting to me that they have Washington State, a one-loss team. I could see being behind Oklahoma still. I, I think they they could possibly jump Oklahoma, but still behind a two-loss LSU. So that's pretty much telling you the committee doesn't think much 
at all about Washington State, which is a little surprising. I know LSU is good. I know they had the big win versus Georgia, but they still have two losses. They're number three in the SEC right now. Washington State is number one in the Pac-12. So you're pretty much saying we don't think that conference is good at all. That's 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 my indication from where they're ranked at number eight. Right now, there's going to be a lot of movement in the yeah, next couple of weeks. We, sure. we said It'll it play may itself out. It, it will all play itself out. It may not happen this weekend unless Syracuse does beat Notre Dame, and that will clear up a lot of things. But going forward, Alabama was a tough game versus Auburn. They dominate that football game. I think the only one in my mind that's set is Clemson, just because the ACC sure. is is awful. But Michigan, Ohio State play, so that's going to clear that up. Uh, Oklahoma, West Virginia play, that will clear that up. So there's going to be a lot of answers that will be solved, I guess you could say, in the next few weeks. So I think things will get cleared up. And and the big thing is if, if Notre Dame does lose this weekend, if they lose to the Syracuse, think there's a then— chance. We're going to talk about it later, but do you think there's a chance? Yes, because of their, their ugly uniforms. I think the <laughs> uniforms are so—for those listening, go Google— the Notre Dame uniforms Horrible. that they'll be wearing this weekend. They're wearing pinstripe pants because they're playing the Yankee stadium and it's, it's the whole look good, feel good, play good. And I think they're going to put them on. They're going to look at each other and they're going to be embarrassed. They're going to be like, you got to be kidding me. We're it's about terrible. to wear this crap. And and the issue too, is everyone's going to be watching this game because there's nothing else to watch this weekend. So all eyes are going to be on Notre Dame and their ugly uniforms versus Syracuse and Yankees. So I think that hurts them, honestly, just a little bit, just a little bit, not enough to lose, but maybe make the, the game a little bit closer. It absolutely does hurt them. They are hideous. Again, it's a neutral site game in Yankee Stadium, and as Aaron just mentioned, they have some Yankee flair. I don't know if there's two worst teams that you could put together to create a uniform than Notre Dame and the New York Yankees. I mean, that is terrible it could uh, cause them the game it really could cause them the i game, honestly Aaron. think it could i mean you, you, you these kids are going to be i don't know if they're going to look at each other and be like oh yeah this oh, shit's ugly no i totally agree bad. with you it will it's be bad. looking terrible but we're going to talk about that game at length later on in the show another thing that caught heat and a lot of people were talking about it and, and i think it's a stupid storyline I, I don't even know what your thoughts are on this, Aaron, and I'll ask you right now. People always want to talk about the best team in college football playing the worst team in the NFL, and obviously Alabama this year is one of the best teams in college football history statistically, and what the Buffalo Bills have done just continuously falling over their own feet in the NFL this season, it makes you think, well, Vegas put a line out, Aaron, and they said that the Buffalo Bills would be favored by 28 and a half points against Alabama. For any of our listeners that think that Alabama could beat the Buffalo Bills, what do you have to say about that? Is Nathan Peterman the quarterback? <laughs> well, okay, so here's my That's question. That's all I got to ask. If Nathan Peterman well, is the quarterback him, so for I the Bills— not. Okay, but this I think this came out before they cut him though. Yes, that is correct. So this this was and I guess in their mind Nathan Peterman's the quarterback. I think it's closer. I could be three nothing for goodness sakes. I mean Nathan Peterman is the king of interceptions. So <laughs> it's crazy. I saw a statistic I mean, could, today. It's uh, it's keep going, keep going. I saw a statistic today that said Aaron Rodgers could throw one thousand and two hundred consecutive interceptions and still have a better uh, passer rating in his career than Nathan Peterman, <laughs> one thousand two hundred I mean, consecutive. So that's what I'm saying. If, if Nathan Peterman is the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, 
this is a week ago. We're going to push it, push this back, this conversation back to last Wednesday night. I would say they, that uh, Alabama would cover the spread. I would, I think it would be a 17 point game. I do not think that whatsoever. And here's my initial <sighs> question I'll bring up to you. Have okay. you watched Nathan Peterman play I have. football? Here you go. Okay. Here's the statistic, first off. Aaron Rodgers could throw 1,240 consecutive interceptions on 1,240 straight pass attempts and still have a better career touchdown-to-interception ratio than Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman once threw three interceptions and zero touchdowns in a game, and his passer rating went up from 20.8 to 30.7. Here's my favorite. That's so though. bad. Here's my favorite. bad for him. Would Nathan, you just rip him? Nathan Peterman finishes his tenure with the Bills having a lower QB rating than if he simply spiked the ball straight into the ground on every single play of his career. That's a fact. I have it right here on my That's phone. a fact. So I'm saying though, they, he's the quarterback, 17 point game. Okay, I disagree. And here's what I here's the caveat. All right, when you play a conference college football game, you're allowed to dress out 85 players. All right, in the NFL, you're only allowed to dress out 46 players. So, are we taking a college football team of 85 guys against an NFL team of 46 guys? Is that how they made up the line? Because if you took Alabama and told Nick Saban put your 46 best against the Bills 46 best, Alabama's getting their ass beat and there's no way around it. I mean, they're better in the trenches. You think they would just run the ball every time and take it out they of the hands. They would have to run the ball every time. But special teams-wise, first off, that would be a huge advantage for the NFL. And that's not even a knock on Alabama. That's across the board in all of college football. I think defensively, Sean McDermott, the Bills head coach, one of the better defensive minds in the NFL, regardless of if it's showing up with his current team, he would squash to a tongue of Iloa. There's no doubt about it. Those outside cover corners, they would just press man, and Jerry Judy wouldn't even be able to get off the line. Damian Harris, you ain't running for 100 yards. Now, on the offensive side— I'm talking about the offensive side. I'm not saying Alabama's going to score 50 points here. I just think that there's no way. I think it's a stupid argument. I think that Alabama would get crushed. Any college football team would get crushed by the worst NFL team. Uh, well, this is never going to happen. All right. It's just bad, bad speaking QB play. Bad, of, bad QB play. Speaking of college quarterbacks, and, and this got me thinking, all right, before we dive into the games for this weekend, the 2019 NFL draft class for quarterbacks. Give me your top two guys, Aaron. Do you even know? It's such a poor draft class in 2019 for quarterbacks. Oh, it's full right now. Um, listen, if I don't know, there's not a lot of good guys there really isn't a ton of really good quarterbacks. I mean, it's going to be determined if Justin Herbert comes Correct. out and I know he hasn't, he hasn't played a ton or, or not ton, but a great football as of late or, I mean, their team in general is not great. So it doesn't help him. If he comes out, I think he checks off every single box. I mean, he's big, he's strong, he's accurate. He's mobile. I mean, he's, he's everything you want from a quarterback. So I think he, he's up there and he's going to be number one. Um, I think, I think drew Locke's going to be number two, honestly. Okay, I think so he's, got- I think, I think he's flashed enough where GMs are going to say, give me him and we can make that happen every single week. All right, so, so you got Drew Locke, you got uh, Herbert. If he comes out, reports are saying that he's going to stay, which would be crazy to me if he's projected a top three pick. You've got Ryan Finley from NC State. I like Finley. I, I told you I covered him a few weeks ago. I like him a lot. He's very talented. You got Will um, Greer. You got Daniel Jones from Duke who's making some noise. I think but- Will Greer's a mid-second to late end of the second round pick. He, he, he could jump up there, but he's just too many interceptions. I think kills him. 
I think Ryan Finley's the most pure passer in this class. So I, I like him up there. But really, the, I mean, we talk about the, the depth is really not there at all. Do you know, where, do you know where I'm going with this? Do you know why I brought this up? Can you even no, think no about idea. why I'm going there? Nope. What if Jacob Eason would have stayed at Georgia and then declared after this year? Oh, you're coming with this nonsense. <laughs> what if? What if Jacob Eason would have stayed he at Georgia? He still would have been. He could, be, he could probably a fifth round pick but he could be a third round pick think about who he's going up against in the combine you know he'd get invited to the combine he's six five he's got all the well, there's there's literally i mean this could be one of the weakest qb classes we've seen in a long so time why didn't he take my advice last year stay at georgia and then leave you know the because the you, can't the, you can't predict you can't predict you can't predict you don't know i disagree i, I guess never mind. i mean i guess i so when i after junior season and I had the decision, do I want to leave or do I want to come back? And we had the discussion. I mean, that was part of it. It's like, Hey, this is a weak QB class. You come out right now. And I mean, EJ Manuel was the first quarterback taken. Yeah. And then, uh, Eugene Smith was the second quarterback taken and shoot. Eugene who? Gino Smith. Eugene Smith. Gino Smith, baby. Is he still in the league? yeah, he's with uh, San Diego Chargers, the LA and Chargers, and then oh, the uh, the kid from Syracuse at the time was drafted by the uh, Giants. Oh my God, what's his name again? Uh, um, he got released. I mean that that yeah. was that that was that draft. And then you you know the next year you look at all the quarterbacks that got drafted in my class. What was the top so, one? Um, top one was Blake Bortles. Oh yeah, Jerry Manziel, Goff. Teddy Bridgewater. No, Goff was the year after. Goff was like two or three years after. Wow. Um, but yeah. my class, we had, I think we had AJ McCarron, Tom Savage, Logan Thomas. I mean, we had, I think, about eight quarterbacks drafted. Loaded Nine? class. Loaded class. Jacob Easton Loaded class. taking my advice. Just makes you think. Makes yeah. you think. All right. Speaking of makes you think, will Nick Saban play two at Tonga Bailoa this weekend against the yes. Citadel? You think so? Yes. He'll play for a quarter. Just a quarter. I don't think he should. If it's me, I'm not playing him. But this is Nick Saban, and he's going to play every time they play a scrub team. Is we're treating every opponent the same, and that's at least at least you can say Nick Saban's consistent. You may agree with him, you may not agree with him, but he's not going to change no matter who they play. So that's why two will play. Hopefully, he stays healthy because we know they got Auburn coming up and they got Georgia coming up. I mean, yep. those are two physical teams that. I guarantee you they're going to be saying, how can we take two out of this football game? Yeah. So hopefully his jersey stays clean. But we even saw it a few weeks ago. I mean, he slid and got hurt, for goodness sake. No, you know, you're he, totally right. Even him, it's not even him taking a hit. And talk about another kid we just brought up. Teddy Bridgewater was taking a snap and a walkthrough. And his knee was unstable, and boom, he tears every ligament in his knee. Yeah, I mean, he just had to have his leg amputated. Yeah, freak things happen. I mean, two is the knees already a little banged up. Any little thing can can tweak it, and all of a sudden, we don't know when Jalen's coming back with a high ankle sprain. All of a sudden, you're playing your third string quarterback against Auburn, a very good Auburn defense, yep. and then possibly that's the championship game. So, you don't have the security right now. I don't know when Jalen's coming back of having Jalen as your backup quarterback. No, you're totally right. It remains to be seen. If you if you believe in Nick Saban's own belief in his process, you think Tua certainly starts this game. <laughs> Because he makes you think that if he doesn't play, he's going against everything that he stands for. All right, let's talk about some of the best performances from Week 11. Of course, we're going to start with the Ray Guy Award, punter of the week from Week 11. And it was the University of Cincinnati's punter, James 
Smith. James is a sophomore. He punted five times, Aaron, against South Florida. He averaged 49.2 yards per kick with three kicks dropped inside the 20-yard line and then long of 64, including a 51-yarder. Get this, in the first half, he dropped three punts inside the 15-yard line, placing them on the 15-yard line, the 12-yard line, and the one-yard line. That's how you flip field position. That's how you become the Ray Guy Award punter of the week for week 11. James is leading the nation. Him and Cincinnati are leading the nation in net punting. They have an average of over 44 yards net punting. That is strong, very strong. And I think he's sixth in the nation in gross average. So James is having a hell of a season. Congratulations, James Smith. You are the Ray Guy Award punter of the week for week 11. Aaron, who was the Davey O'Brien Award quarterback of the week for week 11? We just talked about locks of the week. Jordan Love, Utah State. Hey, now. Uh, big game. I mean, goodness gracious. That's another team. We, we, we talk about the ratings right now, and, and, and Utah State is in the, like, 23, somewhere around there, and Mississippi State's ahead of them. It's six and four Mississippi State. I know they're in the SEC, and maybe they've had a couple good wins, but if you turn on the film of Utah State, I've seen a lot of them because of, you know, covering that conference. They are rolling offensively, defensively. I mean, they are legit. So who knows? Maybe they keep winning. They'll keep moving up in the, in the rankings, but 491 yards, five touchdowns in the win for San Jose state. So great job for Mr. Love career high in 491 yards. Yeah. That's a strong day. Utah state has just been rolling through their competition and don't look now, but they are ranked number 23 in the college playoff ranking. So Good for them, and they play Colorado State, Coach Bobo's Rams, this weekend. All right, speaking of this weekend, let's talk about the slate for Week 12. Not the best slate, but College Game Day going down to Orlando. They are covering the number 24 Cincinnati Bearcats, who are 9-1. and one. They are playing the number 11 UCF Golden Knights, still undefeated. And it seems like, Aaron, Cincinnati is going to be the toughest opponent for Central Florida this season. They, of course, are the defending national champions, as we will state mm-hmm. here on the Punt and Pass podcast, and it's funny, too, because I saw Josh Heupel, their head coach on Scott Van Pelt Sports Center, and he said legitimately that Central Florida had to get extra security for Kirk Herbstreit this weekend because I don't think Herbie's the biggest fan of UCS. So it should be a live atmosphere. Central Florida's only a touchdown favorite. The over-under is 60. I might have to get active on this game. I'm give give me the under, baby. Not oh, the really? under, but give me over. No, 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 sorry, time out. You know I'm not, I'm not as savvy as you with betting. Give me Cincinnati covering the spread is what okay, I meant to so say. You I think, points. I think this could be the week UCF loses. I do. Really? I think that you look at Cincinnati's team and their makeup right now. Defensively is dominant. They're giving up 14 points a game, just under 15 points a game. Run defense is great. Pass defense is great. And then you look at UCF's defense, and it's just it has not been great this entire season. I mean, this is an offense. Heavy team with McKenzie Milton at the quarterback. They got some great skill guys, but they just outscore everyone. I mean, they have to score a ton of points in order to win. Cincinnati, like I said, great defense. Defense is balling out, and I like what their offense is doing. They're doing yeah. a great job right now, and that's one of the reasons why they're playing so well and ranked in the top twenty-five. So, I got. I I think this is. I hope it's the week. I'm so <laughs> sick of the conversation of of UCF and give them a, a spot in the in the final four and all this other nonsense. I'm hoping, I think it can happen, and I really am hoping that Cincinnati wins this game. I think if if you look at their schedule, USF at the end of the season, that's not going to happen. I mean, USF is not very good. 
So they're going to roll through that game. So this is really it. This is the last opportunity before UCF goes and talking smack saying that they should have a spot um, in the final four. So let's go Cincinnati. I'll be wearing my Cincinnati. I'll be wearing my Cincinnati hat. Obviously, right now, if UCF does finish undefeated, they're not getting into the top four. No, they're, they're undefeated in ranked number 11 right now, so that would tell you conventional wisdom would tell you there's no chance. I do love your disdain for Central Florida, and I do love how you're seeing I don't hate Central Florida. Listen, I respect them. Yeah. I'm just sick of the, the conversation that they should be in the top four. Okay, I like that. That's and all I'm I, saying. I appreciate I, I'm, that. I'm a fan of UCF. A big fan. I love Mackenzie Milton. I love yes. their fans. You've been it's on the record for that. I have been. I, I I mean, I covered two of their games last year, and I was like, man, this is a great football team. But they're not playing SEC competition every week. They're not playing Big Ten competition. They're not playing Big 12. I mean, they're playing okay football yeah. or okay competition week in and week out. And they're dominating. They're doing what they need to do. But still, it, it doesn't it doesn't prove enough to me that they are a consistently really good football team when it comes to competing with the big boy. So I'm still my thing. CC, Chris Childers, who I work with he had I thought he had a great point. And then we talked about this the other day, get the winner of the group of five, pin them against the national championship week one, every season. How is and just see what happens. Possible though. I mean, I, I hear I, it sounds great, but put I them in the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic, possible. put them in the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. Okay. I like, why that. not? All right. Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go against you here. I think, Central Florida covers. I'll lay the seven points. This is the biggest atmosphere game that this team has ever had, and they have been wanting this. They're not like Kentucky where they're scared of it, and they will struggle to put points on the board. I think they have a great game. I'll take the over, and I'll lay the seven because I just don't think Mackenzie Milton and Josh Heupel, their head coach, will allow Cincinnati to come into their house with college game day there and shut them down. They should be ready to roll. I'll take Central Florida, and I'll lay the seven points. In the Big 12, there's a top 25 matchup. Number 16, Iowa State, is going to number 15, Texas. And don't look now, Aaron, but since Brock Purdy has been the starter mm-hmm. for Iowa State, they're 5-0. and They are 5-0. and And keep this in mind, Texas has three losses by a combined nine points total, and two of those three losses have been at home. It doesn't change anything, though. Texas is your customary three-point home favorite. Very low over under here. 46-and-a-half is the total. I don't even know is what to think. 46-and-a-half the total? Yeah, you'd go way over, right? Go way over. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Oh, this is like uh, last week's Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game. Go way over. I mean, All right. neither – Iowa State's playing better defense. You look at their last couple of games, but they weren't playing great competition. Baylor and Kansas is awful. Uh, but I mean, I guess you're looking at West Virginia four weeks ago, held West Virginia to 14 points, but week before that 42 points given up to Oklahoma state, Texas tech scored 31. And you look at, you look at, um, Texas's defense and they've been really, really bad lately. So yeah. take the over, Love that's it. our, um, what are we going to call it? The more, you know, the, the Aaron Murray, the certified, uh, the certified Aaron Murray over the Aaron the Murray. You're a dumbass If you don't take it <laughs> yeah, bed of the week, I love that. uh, take the over on this game. I think I've been right. Every time I've said, take something, yes. you're an idiot. If you don't, yes. and it's been a hundred percent knock on wood. Hopefully that continues this week. Um, it's going to be over. I like Texas though. I mean, Texas, I like Texas is, too. Is, is, is just Sam Ellinger's. I think he's done a great job this season. 20 touchdowns, two picks, I think the swagger is there, even with the losses of the two to the two of the three games previously they've lost. I think they got some swagger back though, being Texas tech last week. So I like Texas at home 
and um, let's go hook them. Let's hook them. Okay, cool. Hook them. Shout out. Okay, Tom cool. Her. Hook them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take that, Texas here too. I will definitely take Texas here too. I agree with you. I think Sam Ellinger at home playing Iowa State. I understand that Matt Campbell. Eight o'clock of, game. I know. We saw you, last time they had a big game versus Oklahoma. I mean, it, he balls out when the lights are bright. I mean, he's been balling out all season, but I think especially when the juices are flowing, exciting game, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere. I think Texas is back. I think Texas is for real moving forward. Uh, this year is going to be kind of a building for them going into the future. No, you're definitely right, and I agree with you. I know Matt Campbell is one of the hotter head coaching candidates, at least he will be after the season from Iowa State, and I get Brock Purdy has been 5-0 and as the starter. Keep this in mind. Iowa State starting running back Montgomery is out for the first half. He is suspended after fighting a player from Baylor last week. So I'll take Texas here, and I'll take the Aaron Murray. You're a dumbass if you don't take it over lock of the century. I would be completely remiss if I didn't tell you once again that I went 7-1 and one in my eight picks against the spread last week. I wanted to take the eighth win so badly, but you know what? We have integrity here at the Punt and Pass podcast. Yes, we do. We picked Alabama at minus 24 and a half. Of course, they won by 24, so we got beat by the hook. But I am now 37 24 and two. So I'm looking good. I'm flirting right around that 60% range against the spread. That's where you make money. And Aaron, you went five and three. So now you are 29, 32 and two. You're getting close. Ooh, You're getting I'm getting close, close to 500, baby. baby. You're getting this close. This is the week. This is the week to 500. All right, this let's run week. through. We got three more games to talk about. The best one in the SEC this week, which of course is the 330 SEC on CBS game, is Missouri at. Tennessee. Tennessee, of course, knocked off number 11. Kentucky last week knocked them off. They beat their ass. It was 24 to 7. But this is a tale of two very inconsistent teams. Tennessee, I would say, has a better defense than Missouri, Aaron. And you would obviously say Missouri has a better offense than Tennessee. So what gives here? Missouri is a six point favorite on the road, and the total is 56 and a half. Well, you look at Missouri, and they're six and four right now, and they played Georgia very tough. Very, very tough. Um, they should have beat South Carolina at South Carolina. I mean, they literally came to that game over. And then we both know they should have beat Kentucky. The, the, yeah. the crazy call, no call in the end zone oh. versus Kentucky. And then the, obviously the punt return and then the, the no call or the call for the pass interference that gave Kentucky one more play. So you look at this Missouri team, they could be A and two with their only losses to Georgia and Alabama. And they played Georgia decently tough. What's the saying? If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, every day would be Halloween. Well, I was going to say, throw all that aside. I got Tennessee because Tennessee <laughs> is <laughs> Jerry Garantano, baby. I know. He's playing well. He's had a great season. Yeah, take the home. Drew Locke, here. even last week in the loss, had a couple picks. I got Tennessee, the most excited five and five fan base <laughs> in all of college football. Three thirty. That place is going to be packed like they're ten and zero. It's going to be a lot of juice, a lot of excitement. I do. I I think that place is going to be electric. I think it's going to be, like I said, I think it's going to be an atmosphere where you're like, is Tennessee five and five or are they nine and one or 10 and (laughs) oh? Yeah. I do. I think think, think, I think they've bonded into Jeremy Pruitt right now and um, they're 
to, to possibly be seven and five, get to a good bowl game and be eight and five. So absolutely, I think like about Tennessee. think about how Tennessee has improved from the first game against West Virginia yep. to how they look now on the field. I think that's a really good sign of how Jeremy Pruitt's players have bought in. Obviously, when you have success on the field, it perpetuates and you develop better rapport. On Saturdays, and that's working. And we relate it to a guy like Willie Taggart where players haven't bought in, and they've only gotten worse. Even look at Dan Mullen. I mean, these are first-year coaches with not the best talent, but Jeremy Pruitt is somehow making it work at Tennessee. They're a six-point home dog. Take it. You just said it, Aaron. These Rocky Top fans are going to be fired up, no doubt. Tennessee should keep it rolling. If they win two more games— they get to seven and five with a chance to get eight wins. They win Coach one Pruitt's more game, they're, they're 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 going to be in a in a bowl game. Yeah, which and, is and huge. I don't think many people would have said that Tennessee would be in a bowl game by the end of the season. So that's uh, they're in the right direction. All right, trending up, no doubt. Two more games. I want a quick pick on this one. Not really any need to break it down in depth, but Duke is going to number two Clemson. The only reason I bring this game up is because Duke's quarterback Daniel Jones just last week. Threw for 361 and three touchdowns there, and he ran for 186 and one touchdown. That was against North Carolina, one of the worst teams in the NCAA, but he's going up against Clemson's defense. I just want your pick here. Clemson's a 28-point favorite at home. I would lay it. I think Clemson is one of the hottest teams in the nation. Lay the points. I'm with you, too, right now. I mean, the ACC is so weak. I know Duke's 7-3, but I'm just looking at their schedule right now. I mean, they've... This is the worst, one of the worst conferences out there. I think it is actually the worst of all the power five conferences you'd have to say. So I like Clemson. You said it's at home uh, night game. So it should be a lot of fun up there. And uh, I think they dominate. I think Trevor Lawrence has another big day. The total is 57 and a half. I mean, I could see Clemson scoring 51 easy. So I would think go over there as well, depending on if Daniel Jones can get Duke in the end zone a couple of times. Late Boy, the they may, they may cut, they may score a couple late ones. You know, yeah. Clemson puts their backups in and, you know, maybe Duke scores 10 points in the fourth quarter to get it to over. So, all right. But well, I, here, I like, I like Clemson with the points. Here is our last game and it's the game of the week. There's no doubt about it. You and I have been on the same side of three picks so far. We've got one left and it's number no, we're 12. We're definitely going to be on the same side of this Syracuse one. at number three, Notre Dame at has a little caveat here. It is in Yankee stadium in New York city. It's a two thirty PM kick on a baseball field. I think it'll be really interesting to see what the fan split is like. Syracuse is obviously, in upstate New York, but there's tons of Notre Dame alumni in New York City, and they travel very, very well. Ian Book's going to start for the Irish, but don't look now, Aaron. Syracuse's offense averages 44.4 points per game and 482 yards per game. Orange, the Orangemen, or the last test for Notre Dame. These guys only lost to Clemson by four points. You know where I'm going with this. You know where yeah, I'm going with this. Yeah, because Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing that football game. The ACC is awful. You want to talk about scoring points? They scored against Louisville, Wake Forest, NC State, who has no defense. The only reason they were ranked <laughs> at the time is because Ryan Finley was balling out at quarterback. North Carolina sucks. Pittsburgh sucks. UConn is freaking atrocious. Florida State sucks. Wagner sucks. Western Michigan sucks. Who has Syracuse played? Nobody. They played Nobody. Clemson. They played Clemson and they lost, and that was with Clemson's third string quarterback. They yes. lost. Yes. Third string. It wasn't their second string. This was the Clemson's third string quarterback. Correct. 
Yes. So what's your pick? And I'm from, and my family's from Syracuse, for goodness sakes. I got <laughs> so, Syracuse running through my blood. Well, there you go. Tell me through what my you blood. think. Tell me this what you think. This is a statement game for Notre Dame. Oh, we, my I say goodness. it every single week. Every game for Notre Dame is a conference championship game. They know it. We know it. These damn pin uniforms are pissing me off because it may <laughs> no, not cover the spread now because they may come to a slow start. But this is this is Notre Dame statement game. They got it. I got belief. Ian Book is healthy. He's gonna get a nice little shot right in the ribs right before the game. Gonna be juiced. Boykin's gonna get two touchdowns. Notre Dame wins and they cover the spread. Wow. I completely Boom completely disagree with you here first things first you mentioned the uniforms yeah they're ugly as hell but more specifically they're not wearing the golden dome helmets they're wearing navy blue helmets that is an automatic about the uniform that is an automatic maybe the players will mutiny like tomorrow they could and, and I, all of a sudden they come out on on saturday in their in their usual uniforms I'm watching the news right now. I hope so. TV, Please. And future 2020 presidential candidate Michael Avenatti has been arrested. I just wanted to let everybody know that. Who's listening to the Punt and Pass podcast? But you said Syracuse plays nobody. Notre Dame plays nobody. They Ball beat State, Michigan. Vandy, they beat Michigan. Lake Forest. They beat Navy? Michigan. Oh, my gosh. Florida State? They have They beat Stanford. Anybody. They beat Virginia. Body. And they're going to lose Northwestern. Give me they the beat Northwestern. Eric Dungy is going to have a fantastic game. These guys are going to uh, do exactly what they did to Clemson last year. They might knock out Ian Book and then just feast but, on but Brandon But Clemson wasn't – it was it, it, one, it was in Syracuse. It was in the Dome. And Clemson it was not as focused as Notre Dame what is. Like I'm saying, Notre Dame knows the importance of every game. Clemson, it wasn't as important to them because they, they still win their, their conference they're in. So it's just a little different feeling. All right. It's going to be a very different feeling. I've never played football in a baseball stadium. I've practiced in one. That will be completely different. The weather's supposed to be nasty up in New York this weekend. That will be completely different. I think this is going to be a great game to watch at 2.30. That's going to be awesome. And I will put a little bit on the money line here as well. I think Syracuse has a chance to get a big-time upset, Aaron. And I'm just fired up to watch it. It's really the only game to get excited about. Um, I will be in Athens this weekend. I'm, I'm pumped for UCF to lose. Yeah, God, I'm so I'll be in Athens this weekend. Jackie so and I are taking our six-month-old daughter Bridget to her first dogs game, so it'll be special. Nice. Yeah, right. get buddy. some pictures. Get some pictures with Uga. No doubt, we will for sure. Yeah. Uh, anything on the way out, my man? If you want another good game, baby, Mountain West. Pretty much, probably the Mountain West game of the of the week. It determines that side of the Mountain West. San Jose, or not? Excuse me, San Diego State versus Fresno State. Two very good teams. And it uh, should be a good football game. So I'm excited to uh, go out there. The flight's going to suck. God, the flight's going to suck. That's but all right. You, you got to do what you got to do, flight. You got to do what you got to do. Platinum status on Delta, baby. Platinum sta- all these Mountain West games, I'm at platinum status now. Is it true oh. that you got upgraded this past weekend from Denver back to Atlanta and you were with your fiance oh, and, you, and you took the upgrade and put her in the back of the plane? Is that true? Okay, first off, let's let me <laughs> Is just it true? Talk, yes let me or talk no? Through. It was my birthday, and okay. she said, no, you take it because it's your birthday. I said, you're such a sweet fiance. And in the really last flight, we, in the last flight we had, I got upgraded the first class. I gave her the first class ticket. Okay. So chivalry is not dead, Drew. <laughs> I'm a gentleman. All right. Well, have fun out west this weekend. We'll definitely check in on your game on CBS Sports Network. And for everybody 
who wants to get a little bit more involved this weekend when you're watching this boring slate, tweet at us, Instagram us, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Aaron Marie 11 and I am at Drew Butler 13 We will talk to you on Monday. See you. Hook them. Okay, cool. Hook them. <laughs>